0: I think there was an enneagram, um, an enneagram of the day from the Enneagram Institute that said something about the enneagram four can um, dive to the depths of the soul and then come back up to the surface and report to the rest of us what they found, and I just love that, and I hope that I can continue to use that um, for a blessing to others.
1: and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Clearwood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given.
2: everybody and welcome back to this episode of the advice not given podcast you know we had mentioned early on that we were going to be doing some batch recording of these episodes and we Kelly and I are back today after a little bit of a hiatus from recording and I don't know about you Kelly but I, I've missed our talks quite a bit. We have-
1: it was like the highlight of my day but here we are. <laughs> I know
2: here we are and obviously for those who've listened for a while you know that we are in my family is in the middle of a PCS so I'm coming to you from a new recording studio. I know y'all are gonna Woo-hoo! miss my laundry room awesome audio <laughs> um, but I'm actually in my dad's office at their house in Chattanooga and um, recording today. So I'm really excited to have some high-speed internet and um, a little bit bigger space to be sitting in right now.
1: And maybe, maybe a window. I don't know. I do. Like,
2: Yes. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I have a window, but I also have to tell you, and I'm, uh, this is me just giving full disclosure. Uh, he has one of these like banker, like leathery, squeaky, rolly chairs. So if you hear a little like, it's not me making like, you know, body noises, <laughs> it's this chair. So <laughs>
1: Oh, that's
0: fair warning. I
1: love it. I love it. It's better than your AC turning on in the middle. So we're good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we're going to just dive right back
2: in. We hopefully um, you have been listening and you've heard the first three Enneagram types that we've covered here in this summer of self-awareness. Um, if you haven't, go back and listen to those episodes. We have a kind of an overview episode we started with, and then we've covered the type one, the type two, the type three. And now, without further ado, we are going to tackle the type four. Um, Kelly, before I do our normal little, like, you might be a four if list, what are some of the descriptive names you have heard fours referred to?
1: Fours. So for the most part, they're referred to as individualist right? romantic so these right. are classic uh sort of archetypes I always think of Johnny Depp as right. like the, the my face horror. of it like yeah excuse me yeah so um they are also often referred to um, as being super creative and expressive mm-hmm. um sometimes melodramatic or right e- emo <laughs> right
2: well I was gonna say <laughs> when you say melodramatic I have often heard of them as a melancholic like yes. that, which, you know, yeah. same root word, but also yeah. the artist and the feeler. Yep. Um, this is one we sometimes hear, they call themselves unicorns even with like <laughs> their personality, some of their personality characters. I have a
1: friend who is desperately trying to type himself and he thinks he's untypable and I'm like, oh, you're just a four. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. They just, and it's funny and we'll get into more of this in a second, but there's this like deep seated desire for uniqueness right and that and they are convinced that no one can possibly know them because they right. are so complex, um, which is true to some right. extent, but it kind of is one of those things. It's once again, it's that's the complex, right? That feeds their sort of ego fixation. Um, so yeah, well, are well, I don't want
2: to put you on the spot because um, we didn't really discuss this ahead of time, but oftentimes fours are talked about as being a tragic victim. And I'm curious, yeah. tell tell our audience a little bit about the the Shakespeare project you've been doing. And I'm curious to, to know if many of those characters you guys have been typing have been fours because of the tragic part.
1: There were so many and it plays. Yeah. Okay. So we're telling what it is. Yeah. I'm on the board of this theater group called sweet, sweet tea Shakespeare. We're Southern. So, you know, everything revolves around sweet tea and it's, um, it's a really fantastic organization. If I had to type the organization, I would say that, you know, the theater group is a four group, right? right? Which is sounds cliche, but I, I promise it fits. Um, so yeah, we're going through Shakespeare's entire canon and typing, every single one of the characters. Right. So if you guys are curious at all about Shakespearean literature, um, it's a fun conversation. I bring the Enneagram stuff because <laughs> I know literally nothing other than like Romeo and Juliet. By the way, they, t- they all unanimously typed Romeo as a four. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. um, it's fun though. And it's funny because we got to the five. They were like, I got nothing. Yeah. They, they actually posited that the five was the audience. Ooh. I'm like, yep, I know, right? That's, I like that. <laughs> yeah, so check that episode out, because I'm like, yep, we like to hide. Like, we're not going to be main characters, and we're not going to be, you know, anyway. So, but the four had tons of space. They were super interested in the differences between the fours, like the different wings between right. the fours, because those, those are t- very t- different characters. Um but yeah, I thought it was a great, um, great conversation because you're right. Oftentimes, especially in the lower levels of health, the four is often either self referential as um, you know the tortured victim,
2: right? Um,
1: the struggling artist, you know that kind of thing, um, or you know just mm, yeah, yeah, melodramatic is like. The is an understatement, right? It can be. So it, it lends itself well to character structure in theater and plot development and character arcs. So yeah. anyway, it's
2: fine. Well, and I want to get in more to how the four fits in as a heart type, but let us first start with the the kind of the format that we've been using. And I'm going to just share a few statements, um, especially this part of our, our format is for those who may not really know your type and you're listening through this whole series and trying to see, you know, maybe what, what's standing out as um, something that's hitting you or uh, you're identifying with. So let me um, let me go ahead and do that. So you might be a four if people see you as an enigmatic, difficult and contradictory person and you like that about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a four if you sometimes tend to brood over negative feelings for a long time before you're able to like get over them. You might be a four if oftentimes you actually feel lonely or alone, even when you're around people that you're close to. You still feel that kind of like loneliness. You might be a four if you have a hard time getting involved in projects if you do not possess creative control of the project. <laughs> um Let's see. You might be a four if you tend to spend a lot of time imagining scenes and conversations that haven't necessarily happened. Maybe in like a forward thinking way or like things that have happened, you're kind of like reimagining them differently. Um, Let me do just a couple more as a four. Uh, When things get tough, you may tend to crumble and give up and maybe consider that a lot of times you give up too easily. And this is one of my favorites. You might be a four if you are acutely, acutely aware of your intuition and whether or not you have the courage to act on it. I think that's a good one.
1: That is so, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The so fours, you guys are, you guys are complicated and beautiful. <laughs> yes.
2: Well, I think, you know, as a six, I often feel like we have a big burden to carry as a six with all of our worry and anxiety. Yeah. I feel like a four must, and, and, you know, we've talked about it with the threes too. With Everybody carries a, a burden, but I think fours have quite an emotional one that they probably feel like they can never fully get rid of, you know, like it's just kind of always there that
1: yeah. Seal. yeah, And it's like every single, in nine different ways, we each have a, a thing that we kind of get hung up on and right. theirs is counterproductive to them being um, healthy and whole, truthfully. Yeah.
0: yeah. Hi, my name is Ginger and I am an Enneagram for Wing 3. I first learned about the Enneagram by reading the book The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Crone and Suzanne Stabil. And I didn't really know very much um, or actually anything and I just started reading through the chapters as they had suggested in the intro. And when I got to the chapter about the Enneagram 4, I felt like someone had exposed my insides and I was just like laughing and crying at the same time because it was just so bizarre to have like my whole brain and soul opened up in such a vulnerable way. Um, So I didn't have um, any questions about what number I was because that chapter was just so right on the nail on the head. Um, And uh, since then, I have read several other books and listened to... A gazillion podcasts um, about the Enneagram. I love, I love it. It's helped me so much in my relationships and understanding others and accepting others, and understanding people's motivations and their struggles, um, and how they look at life. I just, I'm a huge fan of the Enneagram.
1: The fours in the heart center. Um, it's the last little number that we'll get to in the heart triad, the feeling triad. So as you could imagine, we're already talking a lot about emotions. This is kind of where they live. Um, they have actually this really impressive emotional range. So that is one thing about a four, like they are hyperfluent in all of their feels. I mean, they could they could sit and talk for hours about how they're feeling about things. We're like maybe Claire, you and I who are in the head triad are Always more think of like, about it. let me think about how I feel about that, right? <laughs> a four could just dive right in. Um so they are their their main like core desire, we always talk about their motivation is to be special. It's yeah. it's to be known and to be known for their u- uniqueness. Um and then the flip side of that is the fear, the basic fear that they all share and it's of being ordinary. Right of having no identity um, or personal significance. Mm -hmm. So those I think are two big things. And it has to do with the way that they felt uh, or perceived or received love imperfectly when they were younger. Um, They always felt like they weren't special enough to deserve love. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fixation or the mental pattern that kind of gets in their way is actually melancholy. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of doing this like psych, like almost like Brene Brown talks about the shame spiral, right? right? Like it's kind of like that. Um, but it's just continually feeding this misperception that they aren't special and that no one could possibly love them. So they end up kind of getting depressed about it. Mm -hmm. Um, the passion for the four or the emotional struggle is actually envy because they're looking around and seeing people lead their happy lives, you know, or maybe on Instagram, right? Like I can't right. imagine Instagram for a four, right? Like, you know, having, putting yourself out there in this really like, maybe like think of an avant-garde sort of like artist, right? Putting yourself out there and then not being appreciated because people don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> Right. Yeah. But you know that it's special, but you're not receiving any feedback. Right. But yeah. then you're looking around at maybe some, you know, some Instagram post that you think is like, you know, plain or simple or conformist or whatever. Yeah. And you're seeing the reactions of everyone else like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is so, you know,
0: can right. you imagine?
1: Right. Like having those fixations and then living in an Instagram world where maybe you don't quite fit. Um, yeah. Well, oh, I would
2: think, I would think, and we've got an episode on imposter syndrome, but I would think maybe mm, of all the types, yeah. the four really could potentially have, you know, a pretty significant struggle with that. And I won't name the, the person, but I have a more of an acquaintance than like a in real life friend, but I know that she is a four. She's kind of shared that on her own Instagram account. And to look at her feed is a literal work of art. And Aww. and she she is a kind of an artist by trade. I want to expound on like what kind of artist, but she she kind of goes in these peaks with she'll be like all in posting promoting her work sharing beauty, mm-hmm. and then she kind of goes dark and she admits it. She's like I I just literally yeah like <laughs> she yeah physic like literally and yeah. on her Instagram feed and I you see that come through in a lot of the things she posts. Not that you can gauge a whole person and their whole thing you know their whole identity based on an Instagram account, but I've noticed that since she has brought that out and brought, you know, attention to that. I'm like, yeah, I really do see that. Not to say, um, you know, highs and lows or, you know, but you do, you see, she's like really vibrant and posting and all the beauty, all the art, all the inspiration. And then it's like, you just see her kind of disappear. And then so I think that. It
1: actually, yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with kind of like that emotional sort of like spectrum. But then right. I think it also has to do with their coping mechanisms, right? right. So, absolutely, uh, fours, sixes, and eights. So, Claire, you actually share this with the mm-hmm. fours. Um, you all are in the reactive triad yes. um, in how you deal with conflict. So, if there's conflict um, in each different ways, all three of these types are going to react. And what the four does is they play hard to get,
2: right? Oh yeah.
1: So what that looks like for the four is they're going to pull away and then they're also in the withdrawing stance, right? So when they, mm-hmm. the way in which they get their needs met is to move away from people. They, I share that with a four, five, right. four, and nine all have that similar stance. Um, so they're moving away from people and they're playing hard to get almost in like this, it's like a test, right? you know? Are you going to, are you going to come get me? Because mm-hmm. if you do, then maybe you do love me, right. but I'm going to pull away. Cause I feel like you're going to not love me anyway. Right. So it's this like cat self cat and Yeah. So maybe not talking about your friend, but maybe in moments like that, that's an invitation. Like, Hey, are you okay? Right. Or, Hey, I'm still here. You know, come back to us. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not the same type of withdrawing as a five with withdrawal who a five actually needs the boundary. And doesn't want you to reach out. But a four probably wants you to reach out. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've often heard it said too that a four is, you know, be the one that says like, I do what I want to do and I do it when I wanna do it. <laughs> like they're they're just oh, yeah. very um yeah, if then that's that individualist or that, um need for significance and kind of testing of boundaries. I think that that kind of comes into play. Another thing that I think is interesting about a four is this idea that they, they really do almost um, have this savant like ability to create like their atmosphere around them, like their, their attraction to, to beauty and setting a mood like that is just so, you know, it seems like such an important piece mm-hmm. of, of a four in their existence and like how they're, Almost like I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but like they're in all their environments around them have to be aesthetic and like ver- yeah. visually pleasing and comfortable, and like they're very in tune with that vibe of.
1: Well, yeah, the and connection see- between
2: the 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 outer mood and the inner mood, I guess.
1: Yeah, for sure they can. Well, because that's part of that's one of their superpowers, right? right? Is to kind of project what they're feeling onto the world around them. Right. So they literally see beauty in everything. So I always think back to that, the movie American Beauty, where he sits Mm -hmm. and watches a paper bag floating in the air. Yeah. There's never a more four thing. Like he has this whole like hour long sort of, (laughs) you know, soliloquy about this plastic bag. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? That's something most of us just pass by and don't even notice. But a four is like really attuned to those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And they can be sad or they can be happy. They can be kind of whatever they're experiencing and need to sort of see mirrored Right.
0: in the world around them. I have learned to definitely um, see some of my struggles in a better way. I can catch myself quicker that, oh, this is why I feel this way. Um, for example, I can see the um, kind of the, the glass half empty instead of the glass half full. And... I'm trying to uh, reorder that in my mind and um, see the positive and have uh, attitude of gratefulness. Um, one thing about being an Enneagram Four is that I, that really um, helped me is learning that I see things not as black as and white, but I see them as ideal or flawed. And of course, we live in a very flawed world, so I can have the tendency to focus a little too much on the flaws in my life, which people around me can. Uh, interpret as being critical and or ungrateful. um, And I definitely don't want that. So I have been catching myself quicker when I hear myself going down those thoughts on that trail of thought. And um, I think also during this uh, season of quarantine, I have um, seen how I can go to the unhealthy too, Um, wanting to be recognized for the work I'm doing, um, feeling like just this overwhelming need to be needed or appreciated or um, also like just needing to be with my people, maybe too much, not giving them enough space. And um, so that was really helpful. I don't, I, I can't imagine um, I would have recognized that without the Enneagram. So I'm glad that I had that, especially during the stressful time of quarantine to see uh, maybe how I was coming on a little too strong for the people in my life and needed to kind of give everybody a little more space. There are two types of fours probably mentioned so
1: that, you know, we talk about wings. So the wings are the numbers on either side of the four. So the four can either have a three wing or a five wing. So a four wing three is called the aristocrat. So there's still a four at their root at their core, but then they're going to be able to pull into that three, the achievers, um, tool bucket Mm -hmm. so to speak Um, and so they're going to combine creativity and ambition and they're going to be doing it more for an audience versus themselves I was going to say they tend to be
2: more social like the more sociable or social of the
1: more social more extroverted right and then you're going to see the four with the five wing in comparison those folks are called the bohemian uh, and I actually for a long time couldn't decide if I was a five-wing four or a four-wing five. Right. Not that my four is super strong, but everything just resonated. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I get that. So anyway, they are gonna combine emotionality with retrospect or introspection and perception. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're gonna be producing for themselves. Versus for the audience, like right. so, these are the folks that are the um, artistic loners, right? <laughs> that are that are gonna be like producing amazing art, but don't necessarily feel the need to share it or for acclaim or you know that sort of thing. So, and you'll see theater and. Hollywood and all sorts of, you know, artistic venues filled with these folks, you don't have to be relegated to the arts. If you are a four, you can express that in many ways, but I feel like that's probably the the industry where they are most appreciated um, and cohesive with. So, yeah,
0: Yeah. I do love that we can be so um, emotionally honest and vulnerable with others. I have always felt like I was somebody that people could just almost instantly open up to And I never even really knew why. I just knew it was kind of strange that I would go to the park with my kids and the mom that I had never seen before would tell me her life story. Um, And I loved it. I didn't mind it, but I did kind of start to think, I don't know if this happens to everybody else. Um, And I love that I think there was an an Enneagram of the day from the Enneagram Institute that said something about the Enneagram 4 can... Um, dive to the depths of the soul and then come back up to the surface and report to the rest of us what they found. And I just love that. And I hope that I can continue to use that um, for a blessing to others and to the other people in my life and to anybody, really. And um, I just, uh, I'm really glad to have this self-awareness and knowledge for myself to improve and become a better person and to um, catch myself if I start to slip. And I, uh, and I do really appreciate being a wing three. I think it's a lot of fun um, having this kind of combination of uh, driven but also insightful.
1: Yeah. So the holy idea is the thing that we've kind of been separated from, right? So for the four, that is actually holy origin. Mm -hmm. So when healthy and when doing really, really well, and when they're kind of like they've moved through their fixations and all of that, um, they actually know that nothing is missing. Right. Right? now, this is not... Easy to get to, but it's there. Um, and they also can pull into their virtue of um, it's called equanimity, is what they usually say, but it's balance. Right. Right. So instead of doing the huge moody swings, right, you can find balance because you can find a bit more peace in the fact that um, you are special, right. (laughs) And worthy of love. So, um, moving from like unhealthy to uh, higher levels of health. Um, so instead of, you know, the, the egocentric sort of manipulative tortured victim persona, right. We can move higher up into these ranges of expression, creativity, um, again, highlighting the emotional range that a has, um, and the ability to communicate that, which I think is really important. Um, especially if you have a four in your life, that's healthy, yeah. they can help you, um, through almost anything. Yeah. And they're particularly good at holding space in hard times. Um, which I just want to highlight, I say that every time, like if you're going through something tough and you just need somebody to be there with you and four not fix your it person. Move yeah. through, oh my God. Yes. Um, so they're also going to have, um, they're not going to be as worried about their inferiority right? Um, so that imposter syndrome and all that melts away. Um, they're honest. Uh, they're super authentic. And again, they're attuned, uniquely attuned to beauty. Um, they're also super empathetic. So again, because they can recognize the emotions in themselves, they can also see another. So they can actually, they can actually feel what you're going through, um, which can be super helpful sometimes. Yeah.
2: So I was going to say, maybe if you aren't a four listening or any one of the other eight numbers, you, you may find yourself drawn to a four because of those hmm. things Kelly just mentioned, their authenticity, their creativity, their empathy, their compassion, all those things, sensitivity. Um, it literally makes them like a magnet toward, you know, to draw other people in. And you may not even know you need that type of person in your life. But when you find them, I think you know it and you feel this sense of at-homeness. And I think, however, it plays out in this episode, some of our clips from ginger who is our resident for uh that sent us a recording she talks about that how um she has always even from a young age known that for whatever reason now she knows it's her enneagram type people are drawn to her they want to tell mm-hmm. her their stuff and have her sit with them so yeah love that about i love them.
1: that mm-hmm. so and well and in conjunction with that if you're in relationship with fours um Love on them, show them love, but be honest, y'all like be honest, don't exaggerate, no hyperboles, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like, you know, praise comes in all kinds of different forms and fours really can sniff that out, right? If you're being inauthentic, because again, that is a massive focus for them is authenticity. Um, So be patient when they go through their moods, right. Or when yeah. they're, when they're going through their withdrawals, uh, but make sure that you continue to let them know that you love them. You know, you can check in, but don't be intrusive. Right. Um, right. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the things we want to kind of
2: share as a final note about the fours that Kelly and I both just find so beautiful and Ginger shares a little bit about it. It actually comes from uh, the Rizzo Hudson wisdom of the Enneagram book and they talk about how fours are the deep sea divers of the psyche. And just listen to this. This is really cool. It says they delve into the inner world of the human soul and return to the surface reporting on what they have found. Mm. Is that not the most beautiful thing?
0: I
1: love that. And most of us are petrified to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they, able to. Well, yeah. they,
2: Ross or Hudson and Rizzo go on to say that these fours are able to communicate subtle truths about the human condition in ways that are profound, beautiful, and affecting. In a fundamental way, fours remind us of our deepest humanity, that which is most personal, hidden, and precious about us, but which is paradoxically also the most universal. Mm. And I just think that's like, I don't know. It's making me want to go out and like really find out who all my four friends are, and like Uh, go take them out for a cup of coffee or a walk, or like just connect with them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's also what makes. I know we're kind of pigeonholing them into being artists, but I think that's also what makes art so profound. Mm -hmm. Um, And you wonder, you ever wonder, like, why am I like crying looking at this picture or listening to the song? Or yeah, like how did that just move me in that way? And I think that that's exactly it. um, Is this insight? that a lot of us just don't innately have that fours yeah. do and can bring out and can share. So that's beautiful. And thank you for We love you for that. Thanks for joining us this week on advice, not given for resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Millspo Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.